You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the cool again, stupid. Another insane day in the World Cup. Argentina's in the final. We don't know about France and Morocco yet. We know who the bad boy of the men's national team is, though. <laughs> and and a dude from Newark just bought a Premier League team, bro. Everything's crazy. And you know what he said at the press conference? He said, today's show is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. What a bold statement from the New Jerseyan. <laughs> Bro, Newark, baby. You yeah, know what dude. I'm saying? <laughs> Branding at all opportunities. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't hear who who bought Bournemouth. Dude, Michael B. Jordan, bro. Michael B. Jordan is he the sole owner? No, 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 no. He's a very, <laughs> very, very minority owner okay. in a consortium. But we don't need to talk about all. <laughs> okay. And by the way, allegedly. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. We don't need to know what you know. We're not looking at his wallet. It's all good. No. Um, also, I guarantee you. Michael B. Jordan doesn't know any, doesn't know where Bournemouth is. <laughs> Didn't know his consortium bought it. But hey, it's hey. a dude from Newark owns a Premier League team. That's all we need to know. Not gonna stop you from speaking loudly about it. So I get it. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> no, imagine a dude from your hometown. Imagine a dude from Sunset Park, dude, bought a Premier League team. You'd be a, all over it. I'm gonna be the first. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Cooligans, everybody. My name is Christian Polanco. I am Alexis Guerrero. Let's go. I am uh, still doing the show from home because I don't know what I don't know what's what's COVID's deal, but COVID is just like, yo, I ain't going anywhere. Bro, honestly, I think the tests are against you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a conspiracy, bro. Okay. I this is why I side with Elon. We need to prosecute Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> yo, who made your test? Men in blazes, dog? What's going on here, bro? bro what is they going don't want to see a shine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's real. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I feel fine, but these tests, bro, these tests are haters, dog. Bro. They're made by FanDuel. We don't side with y'all, bro. We DraftKings only out here. What okay, y'all know to, about DraftKings? I need to get my DraftKings uh, branded COVID test. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Um, Gamble with everything besides your health, DraftKings. <laughs> so, uh, yes, look, the uh, the first semifinal happened uh we should let's talk about that first and then we'll get into the drama of the geo drama um bro because there is quite a bit to go over and i do want to know this is the benefit of doing our show even if we were in the same room we wouldn't tell each other how we feel until we start recording but i am interested because i it's a pretty a pretty polarizing topic with what's going on with geo and greg Berhalter and everything but let's talk about uh, Croatia just absolutely uh, crumbling <laughs> in front of <laughs> Lionel Messi. I did not think this is how it would go down, bro. Nah. Croatia were tough to beat until they got in front of an absolute maniacal Argentina. Yeah, this was a... Um, I-, I think what happened to Croatia was uh, what happened to the U.S. against Netherlands, which is... They they were just gassed. They were just tired. They they weren't. They didn't show up. They didn't have the energy to really 
mentally check into that game because uh, once that doesn't make us look good though we were like the third youngest team in the <laughs> world Cup, but we didn't we didn't you know rotate players we the, the the draw against wales made it so that we had to play our strongest lineup pretty much every game uh and so that so that's what you know it's gonna it's gonna catch up to you at some point and i think well this- see hold on there was a guy in training who wasn't even trying that hard. Now he would have had energy. <laughs> you know what? We'll talk about it. We'll talk, we'll about, talk about it later. About it. <laughs> so, uh, but that that was my first, um, uh, you know, impression of this game was Croatia just did not. They just were not prepared for this game. Uh, Argentina were good, um, but they they got. Uh, so after the the penalty, the, um, the I mean the goal, the the Julian Alvarez goal. Well, which was, I mean, if that goal happened in FIFA, you know, I'm breaking my controller, bro. That's ridiculous. No. That's just <laughs> the, the Are bounces. you talking about the messy assist? No, no, no. The bounces that the, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, two yeah, defenders yeah, yeah. clear it, but it it, it lands at, at, on. Uh, uh, he's Julian's just chest. running. He's just <laughs> running. He doesn't stop his momentum, and yeah. somehow it falls back in front of him. Just incredible, incredible. So, uh, so I yeah, I think once the once those two goals. Uh, happened, it, you you sort of got the sense like, oh, that's it, we're done. I don't think we're coming back. It, it wasn't See, like... See, I didn't, I didn't get that sense. You know why? Because uh, Argentina hasn't been able to stop, you know, the, any bleeding from happening at the end of matches. They've not been able to hold on to any leads or at least make it look comfortable at the end of any match. Right. But, so I was like, y'all need to get that third goal. And what a third goal, bro. Right, right. A, I, but I was thinking the same thing. I, like, oh, you know, Argentina, they're going to give up a lead again. But... The I thought they they started the beginning of that second half better than they did in in the game against Netherlands. They really played. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, they played just with a lot more poise and confidence. They weren't making. They didn't look as tired. They weren't making silly mistakes or anything like that. And because Croatia was really pushing up, they they I thought the third goal was going to come much sooner than it actually did. So what I also noticed is, especially in the second half is there was a bit more of a feeling with the Argentina team like they were playing for something. You know what I mean? It it felt like their goal was to not just win the game, but like there's something else. Well, They they feel like they're starting to feel like a team of destiny a little bit. Well, the the, the main difference here, I think, compared to the 2014 team that got to the final um, is Messi has... A couple really good players around him. Other other players oh, are scoring. Other players yeah, are doing it's not, things. It's not messy and ten guys <laughs> anymore. So, like this is how good they were playing. Dabala got to get in the game, dude. Oh, <laughs> Dabala can. I, I, but Dabala's a strange one too. Where, uh, like, even in in Ro- when he went to Roma, uh, remember? Did you see the his announcement when they had there were like forty thousand people there to see? He was him? like. He's like sitting on a hill, right? Like, <laughs> like on a it college, in. In the Coliseum or something like that. Or he's yeah, just sitting yeah. on this, this ninety thousand year old <laughs> monument, yeah. and then, uh, and then he, you know, he's just like not really doing much. Uh, and he, he ain't didn't doing do nothing. Much, yeah, he's not really doing much in Juve. He did, didn't do too much in Juve, or wasn't that like you expect him to be the guy? And he's not the guy anywhere he goes. Uh, no, so it's a little bit of a shock, but uh, it, it was. The just the the the, the 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 cast the cast is better than in 2014. Yeah, that's really it. And everyone seems to be playing at the top of their skill level. And they're you know the idea that honestly I think what changed was Cristiano Ronaldo getting bumped out of the World Cup. Once Portugal lost, 
I think everyone's like, oh, wait a minute. If Messi wins this World Cup, then there's no question yeah, yeah. as to who the GOAT is. It seems like Argentina's like, dude, can we fuck over Ronaldo <laughs> real quick? The other 10 players on wearing an Argentina shirt that are not Messi are like, I'm playing for Messi. Argentina? Yeah. Never heard of her, you know? Take the badge <laughs> off. Take the badge off. I put Messi's face right over my heart, bro. I don't care. It is really the you can see how important it is to to them to 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 play um to play for this legendary uh player. I, I in the beginning of the game, my first my main concern was um Acuña uh got the got yellow card accumulation, couldn't play in this game. Um, who who was the left back that played? Um, I forgot his name. So did I. Uh, uh, Taglafico from uh, from Ajax. What a what a Latino name! <laughs> it sounds like you ordered that and a couple a couple of uh, cannolis. You know, <laughs> maybe an espresso. Taglafico. So I I that was my concern. I'm like, oh, this dude might get, might get cooked today, and it was uh, the exact opposite. I just the fact that they won three nil. Croatia were barely in this game. Really didn't have um, any real chances. Um, uh, yeah, I mean Martinez. Didn't really have to do much today, which is kind of, was kind of a shock because I, I again, I thought the you know the same thing, height advantage that Croatia had, just like you know, uh, uh, athletically they might give uh, Argentina a problem, and they just very much did not. So, uh, and I was a little bit concerned for Leo Messi early. Remember in the first half when he was grabbing at yeah. his hamstring, and I'm like, this dude is playing possum, bro. Because- yeah, not now. <laughs> I was like, not now, Messi. Not only does your legacy need this, I want to continue shitting on Ronaldo. So I need you to hold on for 90 more minutes, bro. Or at that point, 90 plus uh, 45. I'm not yeah, doing yeah. that. Uh, so I, 135. Yeah, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't even know what that was. was. I don't know if his hamstring is giving him any issue at all. It, it, it definitely was a little bit of a concern. But I, everybody on the broadcast... You heard, I heard like John Strong and Stu Holden talking about it, but they were also sitting next to the Argentinian uh, announcers, and they're like, they're all pointing at Messi. They're all seem, they don't. I'm sure he doesn't know what what they're saying, but right. he's like, they're very concerned. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, I think this is this is very clearly becoming the Arab world wants you know uh, uh, Morocco to win, and that's like the B plot. The yeah. A plot seems to be. Get messy this thing. And then the C plot is, hey, yo, we could stop having to talk about Ronaldo if Messi wins this <laughs> thing. And I'm so happy for that. Uh, I, I, dude, I thought it was, it was cool to watch. It was cool to see, like, everything sort of falling in line. But here's a little bit that, here's something that worries me. At the end of the, of the Netherlands match, remember how angry Messi was? He did the, the, the thing to uh, Louis van Gaal, yeah. you know, the celebration. He did the, um, he did the uh, que, que ta diciendo bobo or something oh, like that. Yeah, que yeah. dices bobo. Que mira, que mira bobo. Bro, I never seen that kind of Messi before. Angry Messi. And you know everyone else was getting hype. If Messi's angry, now we're angry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was like that thing of like maybe that's what powered them in this match. And at the end of this match against Croatia, Messi was smiling, bro. Now nah, we need angry Messi. Yo, someone go talk <laughs> shit about Messi, bro. Can Louis Van Gaal pop out and say something real quick? <laughs> well, right now, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty certain Argentina are like Morocco. I am Moroccan tomorrow. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are supporting Morocco. Uh, you think they'd rather go against Morocco? A hundred percent. I don't 100%. know. A hundred percent. Why would they want to face 
Uh, France, you out of your mind? Dude, Morocco does two things that hurt Argentina. One, they defend well, right? That could hurt, that could hurt Argentina. Yeah. Also, Argentina ain't got it to stop them on the counter. I, mean, I actually they, think they fare better. I think they fare better against France. <laughs> France are well, easier to score on. No, 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 no. Yes. I mean, look, also, he plays with, Morocco have been pretty remarkable. They've only given up one goal. Yes, I understand that. Yeah, incredible. Also, he plays with uh, Mbappe. He knows his weakness. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Which is another player's girlfriend, from what we've heard. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all you need to do. Buddy, you, we'll figure this out. If you're his teammate, you you know his kryptonite. It's all good. Um, no, I, I think that's a, a wild statement. I would if I if I was anybody on the Argentinian team, I would a hundred percent want to face Morocco. I feel like I would have a much know, stronger chance because I will have the ball. I'll be more uh, controlled. Yes. Will it be a difficult, it'll be a difficult game regardless of, of who we play. Yeah, We're, we're pulling at straw. We're pulling at straws, yeah. pulling at hairs. <laughs> what is it? You know what I said? I went to the ice cream shop yesterday and the guy's like, which, I, which scoop do you want on top? And I was like, Hey baby, Dancer's choice. I meant dealer's choice, <laughs> but dancer's choice came out of my mouth. Nice. And my wife goes, dancer's choice. And I go, wait, what did I, what is it? She goes, dealer's choice. I go, dealer's choice. And the ice cream guy goes, yeah, I thought it was weird. <laughs> I was like, buddy, say something. All right. Well, customer's always right. All right. <laughs> now get out of here and do something that anger with me. Man. I didn't realize, uh, you know, we had we had a dancer on our hands. Uh, <laughs> no. You sure you want to be in well, this buddy, ice cream? You know, <laughs> bro, you better be twerking while you while you making that ice cream, bro. Um, so look, people are wondering why I ordered ice cream in 32 degree weather. It's just the Alexis light. <laughs> so the um, uh, look, I, I I don't think the I, I think. The a big takeaway from this game is, I, I think, just wildly disappointing from Croatia. Croatia defeated Argentina in 2018, uh, if I remember correctly. I, I think it was three nil or three one, um, mm -hmm. and and to lose like this, where um, you just really weren't even in the game, is I, I think very very uh, disappointing. And and this is kind of the end of a legacy for a, a couple of these Croatian players. You don't imagine Luka Modric. Luka Modric. Who, by the way, I don't feel like is getting his flowers for some reason. I mean, he got he has a Ballon d'Or. I mean, he's he's gone. He's been pretty. I just mean like in the general conversation, he is one of the greatest midfielders of all time. Yeah, but midfielders are not they're not ever really appreciated like that, bro. It's like it, you got to have more sauce. Yeah, it's, it's, it, and you know this TikTok generation, bro. What are you gonna? Oh, you. You do a couple of court turns and you can shield the ball. Wow. <laughs> nope. That ain't going to, that's not going to get the likes. Not going to do it. Mean? Not going to do it. Uh, nah, man, you ain't going viral that way. Yeah. Every, whenever we appreciate midfielders, it's always in, in conjunction with like the, a, a great play or a great goal or, or a nutmeg, uh, something in, in connection to other players. So, yeah. you know, what I think of Mesut Ozil as one of the best midfielders I've seen. And it's like, but I always think about him with, with, with Santi Cazorla and getting the ball to Giroud yeah. and all these things. And so it's like more to it. I, look, I think they I, – people who know the game better than us and build rosters are like, hey, 
I think we need a guy like this. So they they get their appreciation, and uh, you know, I think they're handsomely paid for it. But well, yeah, twelve year olds on TikTok are not <laughs> reacting to Luka Modric highlights, right? You know what I mean? Um, okay, uh, Geo, I'm excited, but I do want to know: Does Messi win the World Cup? This is um, it, it's a yes or no if answer. If they play the way they just played, yes, I think they do. Yeah, yeah, Harry. Yes. Wow. Okay. So we've got two yeses. I think this is it. I said this was Mbappe's World Cup. I think Mbappe showed in this World Cup that he is the new best player in the world. I think it's without a doubt his title now. But I think Messi wins the World Cup. I think so too. And and I and it, to me it has nothing to do not nothing to do, but not mostly to do with Messi. I, kind of what I said before. The the the. The, the players around him are just they're playing really well. Julian Alvarez looked great today. Um, um, uh, Rodrigo De Paul looked good. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, even though could have made there were probably like two chances he hit two goals uh, He's opportunities. Young. He's young, but uh, they they're playing with a uh, a certain a certain heart and and they you could tell that they really really want uh, to win this tournament for Messi. And I I, I know I said before like. I think if France faces Argentina, it, it, I think the, the the I would have to slightly favor France. But if like Argentina, especially after watching this game, my opinion has changed a little bit because I I do think the narrative, the storyline, and the courage that they're showing now, I think could take them over the edge. Here's the funniest part: is today Julian Alvarez, Julian uh, Alvarez looked absolutely incredible. That is. Erling Holland's backup. I know. Right? <laughs> that guy's not getting. That guy's not getting on the pitch, yeah, dude. I mean, and he just looks like one of the top five strikers or forwards in this competition. Yeah, I mean, it, it, even his his role on the team is um, all, he, he it's it's strange, right? Because in the first half, he played like a more central center forward mm-hmm. role, and Argentina feel like they don't really play with like a tar- they don't play with like a target guy. Um, but no, but but he, they do like. Whatever Messi doesn't want to do, he's going to walk away from, and one of you have to fill in. You're all seat fillers, like at the Oscars. Right, right, because in the second half, half, uh, Messi's the the forward. I mean, you know, Julian Alvarez will send in crosses if they ask him to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He'll get in gold, dude. Don't (laughs) If if Messi points at gold, dude, he'll get in gold. But it worked. I look. I, Croatia couldn't figure them out, and um, and given the, it's a great tactic because it confuses the defender. Yeah, yeah, and given because what? Imagine your defender. You're like, no, no, no. Bring Alvarez yeah. back. I don't want to cover Messi. And then the um the the they assist the the Messi's assist to uh, Alvarez. That's that third. It's goal. disrespectful that that counts as an assist. It should count as a goal deflected off of Julian Alvarez's foot. That <laughs> that is one hundred percent Messi's doing, dude. Yeah, the um the dude, the defender, that uh, guy wearing the mask, uh, uh, Vardiol. Vardiol, Guardiol, right? Vardiol, Guardiol. I don't know how to say it. Um, but uh, he is. Uh, they mentioned it on the broadcast, but he's twenty years old, and Messi is thirty five years old. And you, this is the guy you want marking this guy, right? Because yeah, yeah, you got yeah. a top tier defender plays in Bundesliga. You, uh, yes, it's the great. He's had a great competition so far. Yeah, and uh, he's play, yeah he's playing very very well. Uh, and and yes, it is you know one of the greatest uh, footballers to ever you know <laughs> who's ever touched the football. And uh-huh. I mean he he just I wouldn't I wouldn't say he looked lost, but it, it's. 
you can just see the the the, the Rubik's cube that is Lionel Messi when you are trying to. You're just like, bro, how do I get you to stop? Because you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now I did everything in my power to get you to come here, and somehow you ended up behind me, and now I can't really figure it out. So there's something fascinating with Messi where you can't even. You would think. Like a, like Neymar. Neymar is a guy who you know, you know, technically gifted, and he's gonna do all the dribbles and everything. But he gets fouled relentlessly, and you're just like, bro, enough with the cute whatever. I'm just gonna foul you to get you stopped. But Messi's a guy that you, when you were defending against him, you're like, I'm afraid to try to foul you because yeah. I think I'm gonna miss, and it's gonna look even worse. So they just like they just shield. They just like try to. I just want to keep you in front of me. But he's too little and too shifty, and and he doesn't. I remember this um, stat or something that Messi um, doesn't do stepovers. Or it was, I don't even know. No. It was just like a, a, a feature of his game, which is like literally everybody does stepovers. Every <laughs> it's it's like such it, it is a fun. It's like a foundational part of dribbling nowadays, and he uh -huh. just does not do it. He doesn't need. He don't need it. He doesn't need to do it. He can he can just also he's so small. If he did a stepover, be considered a high boot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a nice. If we were roasting Luna Messi, that is going in there, bro. <laughs> it's a good it's a good joke. It's not mean. It's not you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it tells you about him, <laughs> but it's not disrespectful. <laughs> it's like cute but clever. Uh, it's it's adorable, is what it is, dude. There's a video that went kind of viral, uh, like at the beginning of the competition of Ryan Giggs. I guess he was on a talk show in uh, England, and they showed a picture of him defending Messi, which is really running after, yeah, yeah. you know, Messi. At a young age, like Messi in the long hair era at Barca. And he goes, this is a great photo. He goes, but this might be one of the most disrespectful photos to ever put up of me because this was like a 3-1 loss <laughs> at Camp Nou. He goes, I remember at one point, it was, it was the first time I played Messi. I believe he said it was the first time he had to defend Messi. He goes, and maybe 20 minutes into the game, I look over at Vidic like, <laughs> and he just said like there were no words he's like he goes you know in all of my training there's ways to remind a guy you're there as a defender and one of the big ones is you kind of put your arm out and you're kind of throwing your forearm into the chest and be like i'm i'm going to be very difficult for you to move and uh, you know I, i'm paraphrasing a little bit but he's essentially saying like you announce your presence by like you know physically getting into the guy a little bit and he goes, dude, I put my arm out and he just went right underneath it and around me. He's like, he's so small, but he's also so incredibly gifted that he goes around every everything your brain tells you to do that's worked every time out doesn't work against this guy. Yeah. And it's it's today you saw that in real time. <laughs> Guardiola's like, he's not allowed to do that, right? <laughs> and that's the thing is that you think, um, oh, he's 35. He's he's lost a step. And he has lost a step, but yeah. he 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 still knows and, and has adapted to to his age and has adapted to the 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 speed of the game that it, it might have gotten faster around him. But I mean, you see the the when he has his back to to goal and he does that, he dips his shoulder in. And 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 Guardiola just slightly moves, and then he brings the ball back in towards the towards the the end line. As soon as he as soon as he turned back in, you're like, bro, it doesn't matter how fast you yeah. are, you are no. not 
you're not he's always going to be able to position himself in front of the ball and just out of reach of what you can't get you're going to have to foul him and get the penalty or just let him get this pass off and and it, I mean it couldn't have looked it almost looked easy that, that that play would have never happened if it wasn't for Messi's magic and and Alvarez like you said got like literally a tap in uh after my man did literally all the hard work there, there will not be an easier goal scored in the World <laughs> Cup than that one. I mean, the funniest thing was there was that when you talk about like Lionel Messi's heading towards the end line and or the touchline, and he turns back towards his like towards the players, like he's now facing in the same direction as the keeper is. And it seems like whoever's controlling the Croatian players, their remote broke. <laughs> like no one moved at that moment. Everyone just stared and be like shit he got us. right right and uh, here comes this cutting you know cross on the ground just cuts across diagonally and julian alvarez had to do nothing <laughs> besides make sure his foot yeah. was in the position that it would ricochet off of it into the open part of the net and it's like there's nothing you can do and if you watch the replays you will see everyone go like you know as the ball's headed towards julian alvarez because there's no movement you can make that will allow you to readjust your momentum of everyone trying to stop Messi right. and cut back to try to stop Julian Alvarez. It's absolutely incredible. And it, honestly, if there if there is a, you know if there's any poetic justice, Lionel Messi wins this World Cup because uh, it just he clearly deserves it still. And you're right, he's lost a step. He don't get into fifth gear that often, but when he does, you know what I mean? I mean, he uses it at the right moment. I think that I mean, look, that, even that like uh that play, I'm like is that that's probably second or third gear, bro. I don't even know. He doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not the same guy, but it it's um, you know, I mean, even the the Julian Alvarez the first his first goal that the, that run he took, like I mean, Messi used to do that. That used to be a Messi run, but he can't. He he can't out sprint anybody anymore. But he can do what he what he did uh, to 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 Guardiola. So uh, just remarkable, remarkable. Um, and and yeah, look, and we'll see. Look, the story the story will be nice if Messi uh, Messi wins the, the the World Cup, but. It, it's it's still not going to be easy. Not not by no. by any means. Okay. Uh, not, 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 not by any stretch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right, Gio Reyna. Let's let's get to it because um, uh, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people want to know our our takes on this. Um, be- <laughs> and we'll, we'll, <laughs> what do you think our takes gonna be, dude? <laughs> so, uh, if anyone's unaware, just to catch you up, up to speed, um, um, Greg Berhalter was did uh, some sort of summit, a leadership summit, which I don't know why we're not getting invited to these, but he did. <laughs> Wow, dude, what a clear misstep by the bookers of that. <laughs> so he did a, a, a leadership summit and he was asked the question, um, essentially like, you know, what what is an example of a time where you had a, like a job interview when you had a challenging 
a point and you really have to uh, show leadership. And he- and now is when we should specify. He could have talked about <laughs> any other moment. Could have said entire literally career. anything. Uh, you, know? you could have mentioned anything, dude. You know, you know, he could have been like, look, uh, you know, in in eighth grade, I had the opportunity to, uh, yeah. you know, take care of uh, the class gerbil. And I, you know, it was a leadership <laughs> opportunity for me. He could have said <laughs> the day before the World Cup. And whatever you said here, it would not have caused right. this media firestorm. So he was asked this question and he responds with, um, look, basically, obviously paraphrasing, but like, look, I ain't, I ain't talking about anybody specifically. But even at this World Cup, I had a problem with a player where we were talking yeah. about having to send him home. And it was a. He's like, let's just call him uh, a Blio Blorena. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you I mean, look, I know. Sorry for being so discreet and being so yeah, secretive. Yeah. <laughs> My vagueness is not to disrespect the room. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, this was supposed to be quote unquote off the record and uh u.s soccer put out a statement being like that was expected to be off the record and all this other stuff and it, everybody went blabbing as you as you yeah. not a surprise because uh, uh you know he put he put that information out uh into the world in in the middle of a sort of controversy and uh so people obviously put two and two together and, and let me just say though it became a whole thing and then Gio Reyna had to come out and say, you know, uh, he had to give a statement yeah, where he was like, statement. I was under the impression Honestly. that this would stay behind closed doors or, you know, uh, off the record. As I was told by the coach, there was this whole thing about a 12 player tribunal vote uh, that the players then held uh, Gio Reyna accountable during his apology for his lack of effort. Uh, also the thing that was mentioned that Gio Reyna said a couple days before the World Cup when he was called he was told he would have a limited role um, and then that's why I guess he was frustrated not really putting in an effort in, in, the, in, the, um, in the scrimmage or whatever the friendly the, that they had look here's the truth they're both wrong and they're both right but they're also both more right than wrong the truth is if you tell a player you're going to have a limited role, it could be a test to see how you react. And Gio reacted badly. Yes. You don't go in there and not train your ass off and not try to earn your spot. I get why you're upset. I get why you're frustrated. You're all so young. So these are all common. And from the conversation. So now we have to also have to take Eric Winalda's word at value. Right. right. And say. Maybe he was talking to uh, Gio Reyna or Claudio Reyna, and maybe Claudio Reyna was upset. It, well, if he was upset, then maybe he was getting in Gio Reyna's ear as well. Could he have been a bit of a bad influence on his son and sort of the, the energy he brought or the attitude he brought into training? Possibly. Also, you have every right as a coach to say something anonymously, and then if everyone else on Twitter is like, oh, I know he's talking about, he's talking about Gio Reyna, that's not your fault. That's not your fault. You could have talked about anything else, bro. You could have talked about getting you your kid you don't think to take your dog for a walk. When you say it's not his fault that people knew exactly who he was talking about, you, you don't put any blame on Greg for that? No. I don't think you needed to bring up this exact topic, but it wasn't like he was asked, name a player that, didn't, that acted badly at the World Cup. He was talking about a leadership summit. He was talking at a leadership summit about being a good leader and – how a player turned things around. It's actually a positive story, but everyone's attacking the, hey, now we know what happened with Gio, which was a, a, a real question mark well, you this know, at the is, beginning of the World so, Cup. So I'll, I'll start with the, the aspect of leadership. This is very poor 
leadership, right? How? Be- how? How? Be- I need to know how. Because for him talking about it publicly is poor leadership, right? The how he's not talking about it publicly. He's saying it in a vague manner that protects the player. Which, by the way, he lied to the media to protect the player. So he said, "Yeah, the dude's got hamstring injury." And he's like, "No, I don't, bro." So why you just ain't giving me minutes? Why lie then <laughs> and not now? He didn't have to lie. He didn't name the player. He said it in a vague way, and everyone else named the player. So, so it's obvious that we knew who it was, and Gio had to put out a statement because he was dealing. It wasn't obvious. It, Hold look, on. it was. Stop. We, we Stop knew who it. it was most likely. Stop it. But what I'm saying is he didn't even give any clues as to who it was. He specifically said, and the story, if you really read what he said, he said, hey, this player came in, bad attitude. He made, no, okay. made sure he apologized to the player. Hold on. And then he turned things around, and it was fine. That shows good leadership. It shows how he handled it as a, as a team unit, not just by himself. He told the players, hey, this guy's going to apologize. Let's, you know, it's up to you to decide whether it's good enough or not. That's all great leadership. That's, and that's poor leadership. That's poor. No, what, what part of the it is The part poor? Is, that's poor of him saying to, to, to put it on the other players to decide if their teammate goes home or not. That is poor. How is that poor leadership? Because he's the U.S. The, the coach of any coach of any team is not. It's not a democracy. You're putting players in a position to no. to decide the fate of their teammate, which is not fair. No, no, no. That is not That's a good 100% position. Fair. That is not a good no, position. It's 100 percent fair. It's also how it happens in most sports, and second of all, how it happens in most major teams. Your veterans, your leaders, the reason people are picked as captains, the hold on, the reason people are picked as leadership, le- like leader roles within the within the locker room is because that's part of what they do. The worst, you're not hiring 23 individual or 18 individual people. You're hiring a team. And under no circumstances is it a good idea for all of a sudden every player to walk in that room and find out one of you guys got sent home and then have to be explained by the uh, coach. That's something that has to happen as a unit. That actually shows exemplary leadership. That shows the type of leadership that you should have in armed forces, the type of leadership you should have in major major uh, corporations, the type of leadership you should have in teams. That's exactly what you're supposed there's, to do. There's certain decisions that I would agree that, of course, there is a, a certain sense of veterans having more experience and helping younger players, okay. but not okay. not to decide whether a player stays or goes. That's that's a sure. that's that's like saying uh, should should this person get fired just because they're they work in your same department. That's no, that's okay. an absurd decision to make if geo if geo stole from a player if geo did something that goes against the code of ethics absolutely you send that player home you explain to the team but geo not trying in training or not trying hard affects who the entire team okay the team not the coach it, uh, it's not a code of ethics it, uh, thing. of course so it the team the so so the team especially your veteran leadership absolutely should have a part in that 100%. Now, if the coach says he's going home, the players shouldn't be allowed to be like, no coach, blah, blah, blah. Unless there's a serious decision made that like, yo, it's better for him as a player to stay on. We're going to take him under our wing unless there's a way to convince him otherwise. But if something happens where the coach is like, yo, this, I can't have this ethically, absolutely goes home. But dude, you're way wrong. You got to let the team be a part of that, especially your no, no, leadership. You, you, I mean, no one's asking Haji Wright at the end, what he thinks. It's on, you know? Greg is the coach. <laughs> you're he DeAndre is, Yedlin. He is the leader of that team. Nah. He should make that decision no, no, no. of whether a player goes home or not. The other players no. are, have other things to think about than to decide if their teammate should go home or not. That's absurd. Ask, ask a professional player. These are parts of the team unit. 
These are some of the decisions a team need to make nah. as a squad. It's not up to the it's not up to the to the, the coach, coach to make that's, these unilaterally. That, that's literally what they get hired for to pick who gets. Why to go. would he bring it up at the leadership summit <laughs> if it showed bad leadership? It doesn't make sense. It, it, it was a I think it was an example of of poor leadership I, and and a, a, nah. not a, a way to run a team. Um and, and I and after and look, we're gonna get. We're going to get tweets about this and we're probably going to get comments. We'll make a clip out of this and people are going to comment on it. And let me tell you something. If you agree with Christian, you are, you show bad leadership. All right? That's just it. <laughs> it is. It, it, it led. And now it, le- it led to it, it's who, who on that team now after Greg said that and, and made that public of something that was supposed to be internal in house and, and nobody was who he on that team, vaguely. who on that team is going to be like, yes, I want Greg back to be uh, as my coach. Now knowing that I can't even trust that anything that happened, even if I make a mistake that he might go say it at, at some other uh, uh, leadership summit. <laughs> now the leadership summit is the issue. I look, it's he didn't say it with names. You, That's it. You are. You, he left crumbs for literally everybody. This this idea that he didn't say anything and absolving him of some kind of responsibility is crazy, Alexis. This is this is no different. Other coaches have done this before. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson used to tell stories without explicitly saying who it was, and the media, of course, would run to try to figure out who it is. This is the type of thing that happens. You talk about a leadership situation. He could have mentioned, look, he probably shouldn't have mentioned something from this World Cup because of the amount of tension that's already on it. But if he would have done this in two years, even if it was still the coach, it, it would have been less of an he issue was, because people wouldn't have chased the story. He was more, it's fine. This is part of what you do. And the, I'm not even defending made, Greg because I like Greg. He made the decision when Weston McKenney, when he violated COVID protocol and, and, and didn't uh, uh, call him up, and now, now things are different. Now he wants to say what happened. He, he kept... Uh, he kept his mouth shut and didn't say exactly what Weston did. Everybody was yeah, but asking. That doesn't have anything to do with this situation. I'm just saying it just shows that there's no pattern. You're saying that it's a good form of leadership for, or, or that he didn't say anything and, and he wasn't. He was vague or whatever. He did that with Weston and Weston mm-hmm. apologized and and he brought him back. Yes, but he never said publicly what Weston did. He just said it was disappointing and and blah blah blah. But for this. He said he said the details of what happened without saying the player and everybody knew exactly who he was talking about. He didn't specify details either. He said he wasn't performing at a level that was uh, good for, uh, you know, himself or his team. Again, all of this was pieced together by the media. He didn't throw anyone under a bus. He didn't. In fact, he hasn't made another statement going, no, Gio's wrong. He sat back and taken the L. In fact, when he told people were people were spitting on this guy's name when he said that Gio was uh, had a tight hamstring and Gio was like, no, nah, I don't. I'm good, which I get why Gio was saying that. I'm actually also on Gio's side in this. I think both of them did exactly what you're supposed to do. But now we find out this dude lied to save Gio's to save face. So Gio wouldn't have any extra questions on him. I mean, what more do you want from this guy? Uh, well, more than this. More than this, I, I and I'm not think, taking any. I honestly, I'm not on anybody's side because I think Gio did do something wrong here. I I think look, his behavior uh, uh, is deserved of some criticism. So it's not about taking anybody's side, but it it is. I mean, how how this situation's been handled? Not necessarily the whole situation. Yeah, no, I don't care about what happened in camp. I'm talking about how this. I just situation's think been if handled. if something is. If there's a problem within the team and it is handled within the team, then we shouldn't know about it. 
And, and so you don't trust the captains to help you make this decision. You don't trust your veteran leaders to help you make this decision. You don't think Messi gets a say in in what's going on in the Argentina camp when a player's not playing up to snuff. You don't I, think Cristiano Ronaldo? Is, get, well, him not. Who, but you don't yeah, think? Yeah, you're so, talking about. You don't think Luka Modric gets asked by the coach? Yes, hey, this guy's one not guy. Available. What should yes, we do? One legend, the legendary player on the team. We don't have one leader okay. on this team. But for to, to, for you to ask a bunch of. Players that are like nineteen to like twenty five to twenty eight years old, they're part of the team. To, to say, do you want this player on the team? And you all have to decide if this guy gets to His stay or go. His actions affected them, so you ask them, are you comfortable taking this dude makes back? That decision, no, dude. I, I honestly, the coach. Uh, only, he, only that's someone why he like gets Jose Mourinho. hired for. The other players do not no. get hired. No, it's not. He gets hired to build a squad, dude. He gets hired to put together a tactic. He gets hired to make sure the players know those tactics. That's something you make. That's a decision you make as a team. 100%. No. Every time. when If I was going to fire somebody because they lied on some type of sales sheet or something, I'm not asking anyone. But if somebody was a little too drunk, well, I guess not drunk because that's a <laughs> that's a HR issue. If somebody was, you know, maybe... Uh, uh, annoying or something at a at a holiday party or something, we would come together as a team. Or if somebody said something that was slightly disrespectful, not HR related, but just put the team in a weird position, that's when we would come together as a unit and say, we need to talk about this as like a family, quote unquote. That's exactly, that's how you build camaraderie. By, oh yeah, let's all get, get this guy off the island. Let, let's decide. But they didn't vote that. No. They held him accountable, which is good for his development. And they told him he can't have a second chance. Imagine how much more bonded that squad was after that. That is, I dude, you're him hold, holding them, their teammate accountable is fine. I'm not saying that that's an issue. I'm saying that if it, so if then it's you lose true, that chance. If it is true, you lose that chance doing it your if way. It is, because you're saying the coach makes the decision, yes or no. So all the players know is Gio's staying. He says he's going to change, or Gio's gone, and players are like, whoa, you need to give him another chance. You lose that opportunity doing it the way you're talking what, about. It. Opportunity to what? Hold them accountable? To get that second chance, to build that camaraderie, to build that bond even closer. You don't have that chance. Because if the coach walks into training one day and says, we send Gio home, the team will be like, for what? Well, what about, what about, uh, so I don't know the details of it, but Ben White apparently also got sent home. There was no, there, we don't, I don't know what happened. We don't know because, well, Gareth Southgate showing bad leadership by not telling (laughs) the leadership summit. Right. I'm just, he didn't even get invited to the leadership summit. This, look, I think there's, there's different theories of, of how to show leadership. This isn't how I would show leadership by, by putting, by giving, uh, uh, by giving players, the uh, uh, you know their teammates um the the opportunity to send a player home that is putting w- one player over another and there's no way that geo feels okay hold on just elaborate on that part it, how is that putting one player over because another because you're saying that the other players get to have a say whether their teammate stays or goes so wouldn't geo feel a little bit inferior if that is the case do you think that? No, because now you have you have a democratic vote. Everyone and on the that's, team it's not a democracy. gets to vote. And it's not a democracy. No business is a democracy. This, that doesn't exist in this place. I don't. I look when when you build one of the things I learned when you build a sales team is in these types of situations that is a democracy. You do get a chance to vote. Not every manager was like I was, but it's absolutely I think the best way to manage. It's to say, hey, this is something that's not affecting me. It's affecting you all. So you tell me how you feel. Do you think he's shown enough attrition? Do you think this man can change? You're playing. You can get injured. 
You're the one who might miss out on an opportunity to play. You're the one who's not going to get minutes. You're the one who's not going to get on the pitch. You tell me. Imagine the person who's behind Gio who sat there and heard that apology and said, you know what? I do think this dude has a chance, and I do think he's going to act differently. And they voted to keep him on, knowing that still meant that person got less minutes. That is how you build a true fucking team. Not sitting there and walking in one day and going, I sent Gio home because I didn't like how hard he was playing. You got to let the team have a say. But a lot of players didn't like what was going on, and they voiced that. And, but the overall voted for him to stay and, but, and, the, and told the, him to his but face. But the point is that they shouldn't have had, if this is true that they voted, they shouldn't have had to vote. That's all. That's, that's, that's the point I'm making. I, not only do I think it's ridiculous, I don't think you've given me any reason why that's the right way to do it. I'm not but saying it's if a, that's the way you would manage. It's just, yeah, I'm just saying there's no right or wrong way to do it, and this is why. No, there is. Mine's the right uh, way. Of course, yeah, yeah. I okay. Why, why didn't I see it that way? Uh, <laughs> Stop <laughs> clapping for him. Uh, um, yeah. Eagle. But, but no, I, to me, this just um, completely de de defines the the future for the, you know, as far as head coaching for the U.S. men's national team. Greg, there's no way he can come back. They're, you know, he's getting he's getting an extension offer. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's been, it's already been, I don't think, I, it's been rumored, press. blah, blah, blah. I've seen all that. I don't think it's happening. Not after this. Not after this. I don't, I look don't at, see look a at, way you don't look give at him, the com I don't see a way you don't give him look an at extension. The comments. At least for two years. Look at the comments under Gio Reyna's post. Literally all the, the US play. And how many of those people are good enough to be men's national team coach? In those comments. So, uh, what does that mean? Are they good enough to be coach? Are they? They're not coaches. No, I'm saying the players that his the, Geo's teammates are in the comments uh, praising him for his his uh, for his statement where he's essentially Again, shitting. They on both did the right thing. They both did the right thing. He needed to come out and show and tell his part of the story. Now that his name is being dragged in the mud again, not by Greg Berhalter, by the media. Greg Berhalter certainly opened the door for it, and that's where I think you know you probably shouldn't have done I, that. Well, but I think Gio Reyna had every right to come back and go. Here's what happened. The positive is the best thing you can take from all this is Gio fucked up. Gio admitted to fucking up. And the team said, don't worry about it. We're going to give you a second chance. And he clearly changed after that. They both did the right thing. The worst thing Greg Berhalter could do is come back and clap back at Gio's statement, which he hasn't done. The, the That's, players to me, are siding with Gio, not Greg. They're defending Gio, their teammate. They're not siding with Gio. I don't Gio. think so. I don't think so. I no, don't I'm see, telling I, you what's happening. I don't see this working out for Greg, and I don't see him coming back. I Even if I think Greg has run its course, I think Greg Berhalter, I wouldn't mind if Greg Berhalter was the manager for another, another cycle, but there is the sense that Greg got the team as far as he could possibly get them, and maybe it's someone else. Greg did what he was supposed to do. When Greg Berhalter was hired, the, the goal was to get these young players to develop as a team, as a unit, which I also think allowing that vote does that as well. And also, you want to institute a system that we didn't have before. People forget the team we had around Christian Pulisic at that uh, Trinidad and Tobago uh, thing, that, uh, that game. That, that whole system, that whole style of play, those types of players, all done. Now it's a young squad. You need to develop a system. We have that. We understand the way we want to play. We have players that play that style. We understand what our deficiencies are. Is Greg Bohalter that guy for that next cycle? Probably not. I'm looking for someone like a Jesse Marsh if he would want the job or a possibly a Jim Curtin who I think understands how to get young players to play at a level a little bit beyond what, they've, what we think they can do. Clearly, he's done it with Philadelphia Union year after year after year. 
Now it's the type of, we need the type of manager that can win those big games. Is Greg Berhalter that guy? Possibly. I think he has it in him. But I think we got what we wanted out of Greg Berhalter. Now it's time to try someone new that can take that next step. So I don't think this looked bad on Greg Berhalter. I don't think this should weigh heavy against the decision whether or not to keep him. I think if you can find a manager that you think makes this team takes that next take that next step, then bring that guy in now, especially as he'll have an entire four years to earn the respect of the team, to develop, to let's see what they can do in a Gold Cup. And then when the World Cup is in uh, Canada, U.S., and Mexico, we'll have a superstar squad all in their prime and a manager that can help them take that next well, step. That's it. We will. It'll be a su- superstar squad, according to Alexis. We got, we're ready. <laughs> we got uh, solved <laughs> soccer for you. By the way. Um, well, uh, let's all push for Zinedine Zidane as the USMNT coach. Okay. He, he no, is no, no. Four managers ever won the World no. Cup. Did you see what no, Jamie Carragher tweeted? Zidane, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he American all of a sudden? Uh, did you see what Jamie Carragher tweeted? I did. I did. He said the next manager, the next England manager needs to be English. Yeah. And then he quote tweeted himself and said, just to clarify, I voted to remain in the, in the European Union. Because when you say something like that, there is a sector of the Internet <laughs> who will be like, I know what he really means. And he's like, no, 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 no. What I really mean is uh, national team managers should be from that nation. Uh, seriously, not saying anything else. And they're like, no, we got you. <laughs> wink, wink. We know what you mean. He's like, no, no, no. You don't know what I mean. He's like, shh. Yeah. Hey, you ain't got to say the quiet part loud, baby. We and, got and, you. And the, I just want to get the exact quote of the tweet because he, he, he said the, the England manager should always be English. Um, mm-hmm. so there is a, yeah, it's going to, it's going to get the reaction it, it, it's going to get. Um, I, I don't know. A lot of shaved head guys who were like, <laughs> I didn't know Jamie Carragher was so cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, one of yeah, us. A lot of I Kanye see. fans. A lot of Kanye fans really into Jamie Carragher. It's like, I mean, he has the exclamation point in there. I mean, he's really leaning in. Um, dude. You can't tell inflection from text, <laughs> and that is yeah. a really dangerous part. Yeah, I mean, of look, Twitter. you don't need to tweet this. Uh, I even if this is, dude, <laughs> you very much. Elon retweeted it. That's how you know it's a problem, bro. <laughs> okay, uh, this was this tweet got booed at the Dave Chappelle show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave Chappelle defended. Of course, it. of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as opposed to the people who bought tickets to see you. Um. So whatever, man. Th- yeah, it, it's a uh, look. Whatever. It's just like it's just. Uh, uh, verbally irresponsible, uh, but it, it is what it is. I, I, a lot of people. You're blaming Greg and Jamie Carragher. It's just, it's just a. Uh, I, I'm always, anytime I put something out into the world, I think about the words and how they might be perceived. Even if it's, even if it is gonna be uh, uh, misconstrued, I know that it's gonna be misconstrued. But I believe in the statement enough for it to be misconstrued in some way but at least I th- i'm thinking about it and the by by the fact that jamie carragher had to do the, the the quote tweet it just says he knows his audience and he's trying to clarify not trying to attract the wrong people and so i'm not saying he shouldn't have tweeted it i, I just think there's probably a more clever way to say this uh you know you know what happened jamie carragher sent that tweet out and then probably went about his business and then was like man my phone in my pocket is real hot <laughs> Let me let me see. Let me investigate why that is. Oh, I mean, my mentions is blowing fun. up. Let me read this. And then there's a, a lot of people with the St. George flag. Is that what it is? The, the England flag as their emoji as their like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. 
oh no yeah. and he's like i need to further clarify it's, my it's statements it's one of those things like when you make a a, a joke about something and uh, you like I, I i remember making this joke i made a joke about like obama in 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 like southern ohio and when i do the joke in new york people are laughing at the sarcasm around it when i do the when i did the joke there people are like yeah he sucks i agree with you thank you he's one of the good ones <laughs> and I'm like, like, bro oh. no that's not what i meant bro uh, and that that's it feels like that's what this kind of was. He just he's making uh -huh. he's speaking to the wrong people and the, the wrong people are appreciating what he's saying. So, uh, it, yeah, man. Again, look, tell me who's in your audience and I'll tell you <laughs> what you're saying, bro. And he's trying to make sure he clarifies his exactly, statements, bro. Dude. All right. Well, he has a couple nice gigs. Uh, he doesn't want to, uh, you know, lose out on. So, uh, Ryan. <laughs> OK, uh. Uh, no, the rapper, actually. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, all right, we'll wrap up there. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm, I'm hoping that I, uh, you know, I, I, this, this damn COVID leaves my, my damn body. I don't see this. Well, me and Harry miss your pretty little face, bro. It's not enough on these computer it's screens. Not the same, bro. Uh, kiss, oh, kiss man. me, kiss the screen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> kiss me through the phone. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Obviously, the France Morocco semifinal uh, will be happening. We will cut. Let's get some predictions. What are we thinking? What's the final going to be? Argentina versus. Um, I mean, it has to be France. It'd be. Uh, I mean, yeah, I said it last time. I think the story ends for Morocco. France are just too strong of a team um, and they'll figure out some way to score, even though Morocco is going to, you know, show a lot of uh, grit and heart. Um, but there's too much, too much France. Uh, so Argentina, France will be the final. What do we think, Harry? Argentina, France. Argentina, France. You know what? Just to be different, I'll say Argentina, Morocco, but I do think it's going to be. <laughs> I know. Argentina uh, praying. I think France. Argentina is... praying for that final. Uh, and we'll, we'll Yeah. See. I would. Uh, either way, I think it's going to be difficult, but I think I think uh, Argentina wins the whole thing. But yeah, we will be back tomorrow. Another, another big game. I can't believe this competition is almost over. It's felt like two days or a year at the same time. I don't know how it's felt <laughs> like both. Uh, but it's it's been a long time, but it also I don't want it to yeah. end. Yeah, it feels like, you know, the, the first two weeks of the tournament felt like an absolute slog and nightmare waking up at 5 a.m. And now it's just like, hey, well, you know, maybe we do need 98 teams in the World Cup. We'll extend this tournament Bro. a little bit longer. <laughs> Bro, the, the group stages when it's 48 teams is going to be rough. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, everybody, thank you so much for joining us, uh, as always. Shout out to uh, so many folks, uh, new people. We got a, a bunch of great comments. Uh, a lot of people really enjoyed uh, the little Frex interview. A lot of uh, casual uh, soccer fans, if you look at some of our YouTube comments, it's very, very cool uh, that people are like, all right, this is more my speed, you know, learning about the yeah, game. Yeah. So welcome to uh, the World Cup and, you know, us. Hopefully we could help uh, guide you through it, this <laughs> this crazy world. So, you know what? Let's take a vote as a as team. A, How about that? <laughs> no, I'm a dictator. I make all the decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Christian <laughs> is. I, I'm omnipotent. <laughs> no, I said I'm impotent, Alexis. Get it right. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow. As always, uh, follow us at Soccer Cooligans on all social channels. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and leave, leave us five stars on Spotify if you can while you're at it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I think that's it. I got nothing else. Hopefully, boo COVID. Boo! Boo! <laughs> I know. Hopefully, we can turn you guys' opinion on COVID <laughs> into not hating it. Uh, thank you for subscribing and following. You guys are absolute best. We love you guys.